You're listening to the Untitled Car Show in partnership with RightFootDown.com. Visit RightFootDown for your daily automotive fix. If you enjoyed today's program, please tell a friend. It's the best way to support this show. If you want to visit the archives, go to YouTube and search for Untitled Car Show. That'll bring you to the archived episodes. If you want to follow this show, just search for Untitled Car Show on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You can always send an email to the show at untitledcarshow at rightfootdown.com. We're so glad you decided to spend the next hour or so with us. Without further ado, let's get into today's program. All right, we'll just go ahead and get into it. Um, hello, welcome to the Untitled Car Show. I am joined tonight by Amelia Delgard. Uh, she is the writer and, I guess, founder of MotorheadMama.com. Amelia, it's a pleasure to have you on this evening. Thanks so much for having me. It's For those of you who haven't gone and read the site, it is uh, phenomenal. I, oh. one, of, one of my great things, joys, about being able to do what I get to do is I get to go around and read everyone's wonderful blogs. And you came to my attention, um, I think it was... It, was it earlier this year where you wrote the piece on like the uh, worst dressed people at the LA auto ah, show? Yes. Yes. It was right during the LA auto show. It was, uh, I, I think it was a dude or douchebag um, auto journalist edition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, that, that sounds right. Yeah. Dude or douchebag, which is a great column in and of itself. It's, uh, I don't, it, it's a perfect example to me of like, kind of, uh, you have this wonderful wit, sarcasm and you know ability to be cutting without being mean which i think is such a like fine like line to walk and you managed to do it absolutely perfectly i oh thank you i i I will go right into that then is is that something you think you've had to hone over the years or is that something you were blessed with or i guess in some cases cursed with uh depending on (laughs) the look of it you know, I've always been, um, I've always had a kind of a sharp tongue, but I really love people and I'm a very much an optimist. Like I like to think of myself as someone who celebrates car culture and, you know, in what I do. Um, but I've also worked with a lot of really funny people over the years. Uh, and I think that that has helped me, you know, it's sort of a muscle, right? It just makes you the funnier the funnier the people are that you surround yourself with, the funnier you become. It's just kind of that's how it works. It it is a um, like you got to step up your game or get left behind, I suppose, to a bit of that. So, um, I'm curious the for those who aren't listening, it's the blog is I, I hate do you hate the word blog because I I am not a huge fan of what what do you call the site? Is blog the right word? What would you call it? I, I mean, for a long time, I was ashamed to, to be called a blogger, and now I feel like it's kind of a badge of honor because it means that I don't like play by anybody else's rules. So I'm, I'm easy. I'm easy. <laughs> I've been called worse. That's yeah. the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> In this industry, that does not surprise me, especially by the people who do the uh, reading and the following along. It's uh, some, most of them are great. Some of them are really bad. Um, yeah. But <laughs> as as an automotive journalist and kind of, uh, I lost my train of thought, so we're going to kind of pick up what was I talking about. I, I 
for the everyone, I'm a little bit more scatterbrained than usual, so I apologize for that. But um, yeah, I totally lost my train of thought. So we're just going to jump ship on that. Oh, so you got your start for those of those. I remember it. Come on, coming back. I okay. So for those people who have not seen the site and read the blog and all that, you, it's a motoring from the perspective of yourself. Um, there's a lot of articles on there, like the do it or douchebag section, which is phenomenal, which is, I don't know, like we've had the like stick finger, pe- stick figure people on the back of cars. Um, yeah. Obviously the uh, best and worst rest of the LA auto show, but then um, there's been a couple of other, like what other dude or douchebag people. So they get kind of a taste of what the website's all about. Yeah, so uh, another one of the series that I do is Freak of the Week. Um, so I just highlight. I live in Los Angeles, so I drive around. I see crazy things, and the Duder douchebag thing started because I would notice these trends, like murdering out your car, or you know, fixing up your fancy Jeep, or whatever it was. Like rusty cars were kind of a thing for just rusty hoods were a thing for a while. So I take those trends and I decide like. Yeah, like you're a dude if you murder out, you know, a a Crown Vic, but you're kind of a D-bag if you murder out like a brand new, you know, 911 Turbo because like, you know, nobody – you don't mess with that. You don't mess with perfection. Um, So – and and I'm opinionated and I love cars, so it just kind of comes naturally, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) It it flows naturally. It's so great. And I'm curious, do you have a – story online about how you started doing this because some friends uh, convinced you that you needed to be doing that? Like, how did you get your start in doing the automotive journalism from like the get go? Yeah. So it's a very crazy story. And I always kind of giggle a little bit, especially like now I'm on, yeah, this is a good plug. I'm on the board of the Motor Press Guild. And I always, you know, it's sort of like, the way I felt growing up in Connecticut, like I always feel like somebody's going to tap me on the shoulder and go like, you don't belong here, kid, get out of here. Cause I, I, cause I don't think of myself as a journalist. I just think of my somebody who just, you know, writes her crazy thoughts online. Um, but the way this all happened was uh, I, I used to be in the design business and I had a long commute for here in LA from Topanga where I live to West Hollywood. And, you know, I'm really into cars and, the recession was so boring that I would sit there during my commute and I wasn't even thinking about work. I was just noticing all these crazy cars. And then when I get to work and I, I would just walk around outside looking at crazy cars and I would text a friend of mine back East. We suffered a technical issue. Um, so that's what's going on here. And we pick up the story uh, once Skype reconnects right now. Um, yeah. So I was in the design business. It was really boring. The recession had just sort of, taken the fun out of all of it but cars have always been fun to me so I would during my commute take pictures of cars that I thought were cool and text them to my husband or my friend back east and then I would just put little smart ass comments at the bottom um I had actually worked on a tv show in the 90s called pop-up video which was sort of the premise of of that show so it's just something that kind of came naturally to me and Finally, my friend was like, Amelia, these are funny, but like, man, go back to work. And I was like, I know, I'm just having so much fun doing this. And she's like, well, why don't you just write a blog? And I was like, what's a blog? So she showed me what that was and showed showed me the magic of Twitter, which I love. Um, but what I just what what was crazy, this the the story is even crazier because 
I was like, okay, I'm going to start this blog and I'm not going to tell anybody that I'm doing it. I'm going to write what I'm really thinking. Like I'm going to give those nasty voices in my head a place to, to a little outlet. I didn't tell my husband. I didn't tell any of my car buddies. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't tell my family. And I did my, my friend that encouraged me, she knew, but I didn't even share it with her. And then, so that was six months. And then I was at a party in Malibu and a buddy of mine came up to me and he was like, Oh dude, you got to check out this site. Oh, it's so funny. It's this woman's motorhead mom. I think she lives near us, man. I mean, she's crazy. And I was like, and he's a really good friend of mine. And I was like, dude, that's hilarious. But like, seriously. And he was like, no, no, you got to read it. And I was like, that's me. And he was like, no way. That's not you. And I was like, are you, what? it's got me written all over it. Like, that's my, totally my smart ass perspective. And he's like, whoa. And he <laughs> looked at me like he was terrified of me all of a sudden. And then it just, then the next thing I know, you know, car car companies are reaching out to me and, you know, great journalists were reaching out to me, supporting me and, and telling me, like, I really like your blog. This is really funny. And I just, I didn't even know it was a thing. You know, I just, I, I didn't know it was a thing. And I didn't think that, um, I didn't think that I could do that. And then, you know, two and a half years later, I, I quit my full-time job and then, started writing for other people and now I'm just doing motorhead mama and I, I do a few other things and I just feel like, you know, I keep waiting for somebody to tell me <laughs> that I have to stop uh, and they don't. So I keep going. It, it, that's a wonderful story. I, I have to make a quick aside here. Uh, pop-up video. Really? I used to watch that when I was a kid. That's hilarious. Are you <laughs> I know I've just like totally revealed what an old hag I am, but um, yeah, I was a. Uh, I started on the show when there were five of us, and then by the time I'd left, we were like popping Oprah and and uh, the Today Show. It was uh, that was that was a lot of fun. Well, it, it, that's kind of like a weird little like uh, <laughs> thing to think about. So. I'm curious though. So, where does the car uh, like enthusiasm come from in you? Is this something you were kind of born into? Was like either your parents a gearhead, or is this something you came into naturally on your yeah. own? You know, um, it's funny. Like I was at a party maybe ten years ago, and I was standing around. I always find myself at the party standing around with the guys because sometimes I just can't deal with the girl stuff, and and I'm always talking to them about cars and stuff, and then one of my friends came up to me at a party and said like, Oh, you could, you should ask Amelia what car you should buy. She's really into cars. And I was like, no, I'm not. And she was like, are you kidding? And she looked at me and she was like, you test drive cars for fun on the weekends. And I was like, yeah, but everybody does that. She's like, no, they don't. She was like, you read car and driver for fun. And I was like, yeah, but everybody does that. She was like, no, no, they, no, they don't. Um, but you know, I just never thought it was weird, but, yeah, so growing up, my dad was an ad man. He was like literally um, Mad Men. He was Don Draper, essentially. And even if you watch Mad Men, it's even weirder because my dad actually. Do you watch the. Did you, watch, did you ever watch Mad Men, Ike? No, I think I'm like one of like eight people on the planet who hasn't. Yeah. <laughs> so the big deal, and, and since you're a car guy, you would love it. The big deal for them was getting the Jaguar account and essentially getting the E type. And that was my dad. He, um, his, he was sort of like a, 
he was very successful when he was young and very smart and funny. And his big claim to fame was writing the copy for the E-Type. And one of the ads that he did, which is just sort of this like smoky, dark photo of the outline of the E-Type. And then the just the caption is just feel single. And, uh, and Jaguar loved it so much, they gave him a car. And wow. yeah, it was awesome. And so my dad was really into cars. Um and would take me to the track, um, like to and to Ferrari rallies, Paul Newman, you know, the whole thing. And then my mom was very alternative. You know, she drove like a series two way because she thought that, you know, she was kind of badass. And so and then my brother was really into because he was rebellious. He was into American muscle cars and um, like land cruisers, Japanese cars. Um, and I just found myself always gravitating towards car people. And then, of course, I marry a, me a mechanical engineer slash motocross guy. And, um, yeah, that didn't help my addiction at all. It just made it worse. <laughs> well, that's really awesome. I mean, is there really more of an iconic car than those old Jag E-types? I mean, I, I don't think there is. And I know it's on your list of... Um, like dream cars for you to own. So yeah. I, there has to be an unfortunate story of what happens to the E type. And I, I don't want to bring up bad memories, but I kind of need to know. <laughs> well, you can read it in my book, um, my life in 12 cars that I wrote, but essentially my mom came home and the Jag was in the driveway and she was like, you got to get that thing out of here. And my dad was like, what Jaguar just gave us an E type. And my mom was like, it's pretentious. <laughs> oh, it, I'm. Oh, like what is? I'm sure you've looked it up. What is the street value of an E-type now? It's it got oh, crazy. It's just, and it was it was like straight from you know the company. Like I don't even. I hate to think that maybe it was special. I don't. They adored him, so it would have been special. So I don't know. It's so depressing. And then the worst part is, then Dad got the um, AMC account, so we would drive like the gremlin levi's edition right that was <laughs> oh my god right how shocking to you was that as a child like going from the jag to the amc i'm sure it was just like what world did i just go into <laughs> it was so sad and then they had yeah they had land rovers and peugeots you know and I was, you know, I was growing up in the seventies. So it was a big deal that we, that we didn't buy American cars and, and that made us sort of targets for a little bit of talk around town that we drove these strange, like French and English cars. And why can't we just buy a good American car? And then we started buying like, well, then dad was friends with uh, Bob Sharp who, you know, um, did the whole doom and racing thing. Yeah. And so we started buying Datsuns, then Nissan from him. Um, and that was super fun. That was great. Um, and then we got into sobs and, you know, that makes us insane. <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of the Swedish cars personally. So me too. The, like, what is like your, what is the car you learned to drive on then with all these crazy cars coming in and out of the house? Uh, you know, I think about that so much because I have my daughter now who, as she reminds me, can get her learner's permit and, you know, very soon. And 
So I've got to teach her how to drive and I certainly don't want to blow my clutch. So <laughs> I, I, my dad taught me on his uh, Saab 900S um, and it was just, you know, of course it was a manual and of course he made it excruciatingly hard and painful um, and terrifying, but I'm really grateful that he did because I learned so much in the process. It was great. Well, that is not a, that's a weird car when you really think about because it, it's front and you know obviously front engine front wheel drive but then yep. the handbrake works the front wheels if i remember correctly and there's all oh, sorts totally. there's all sorts of weird sobness to that car like <laughs> that car might be peak sob like in terms of like sob just being sob just for like why don't we doing what we're doing just to mess with the americans oh okay. totally let's let's put the ignition between the two front seats where all of your crumbs and coffee will spill Mm -hmm. And then let's put it there because then when we've got to, when they have to replace it, it's a huge, a colossal pain in the ass. Why don't we do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's such a weird, wonderful car. So then, are you going to inflict the same pain on your daughter? Are you going to go out and find the weird? You could probably find a nice Saab 900 if you really wanted to. I'm going to find the big, I, I was thinking like, I want it to be like a truck clutch like you know i want it to be like a john deere where like her you know her her left thigh just comes straight up to her ear and she's got to put all the way in so she so she just i want her to suffer I mean, <laughs> maybe it makes me a bad person but i don't want you know all these la kids it's like you know they get their learner's permit and the parents just toss them you know keys to a three series and it's like oh congratulations or here's a prius no no my kid's gonna work for it hell no yeah <laughs> Uh, it, it reminds me, I grew up in a very um, rich area. I'm sure I've told this story on the podcast before, but like everyone who I went to school with got like three series and they got like, yeah. you know, the fancy like Mercedes and everything. And I got a Mercury Tracer that was 11 years old when I got it that oh. had never seen the inside of the shop because the aunt Dude. I bought it from decided to be a nun. So none of the seatbelts <laughs> worked. All the speakers were blown out from her just blaring classical music, which was the weirdest thing. So she literally became a nun. She became a nun, and then she stopped being a nun. And I, I don't know the whole story because I don't really want to get into it. Like I do. <laughs> it, I have. They're, they're, it's the, it's the part of the family where it's just better off. Like you don't ask, ask follow up questions. Like I'm, I'm right. sure everyone has that. Like, so why did you decide to do this? Like, well. <laughs> And then it gets to a point where you're like, I don't need to know all that. Like, there's way too much personal information and stuff that you should not inform me as an aunt. So, oh, totally. So that was my experience with that. So I, I do think there's a bit of a value in that because if you're just given something, you don't really appreciate it. And if you have to work to drive it, it and even if it's a learning to drive a stick shift, that's even better. So I don't know. It, it's curious because I had this thought. I've asked a couple of the other presenters who have been on recently or and I'm I'm starting to think that there might be a swing in car culture. I almost feel like it's becoming more like in the younger generation more of a girl thing cuz a lot of the like my nephews and like people who you would think are be itching at the trigger to get into cars like or would have been back in the day really don't seem to care anymore and now oh, it's yeah. much more of like all like the nieces are like, oh, I want to get into that. Oh, I want to learn to drive stick because you know it's you know not a lot of people know how to drive stick, so I want to know how to do it. It's like, what what happened? Like I, I'm you know I'm sure with your daughter and all the like her friends, have you noticed the same paradigm shift? 
Yeah, I actually have. I mean, it's been very interesting as Motorhead Mom Mama because, you know, I have this naughty blog where I swear a lot, but at the same time, a lot of kids get turned on to, you know, either my Instagram or my Twitter, and then they, and kids send me a lot of photos. And if you think about it, you're, all kids have phones now, and they're in the back seat looking out the window, and what else would they do but take pictures of crazy cars, right? Yeah. So. Kids send me pictures from all over the world, which makes me just deliriously happy. But I do notice that it's – I do tend to get more girls sending photos than boys and that girls don't – it's sort of like when you say to your, you know, your daughter or your son now like, oh, you know, your uncle's gay and they're sort of like, so what? Who cares? It for, for it's the same with girls in cars. They don't. I, I think a lot of girls these days don't feel that they're supposed to. They don't know they're not supposed to be into cars. They don't know that. I mean, as far as they're concerned, like there's Danica Patrick, right? Like yeah. I could, I could, I could, you know, drive NASCAR. I I don't think that they see the same bias that I was supposed to see when I was little and just missed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, it's. I think it's a wonderful thing, like, and I, I, it's just so not perplexing me, like, because it's, it makes perfect sense when we really get down to it, because, you know, girls and, you know, women should be better drivers, I mean, they get the lower insurance break because of it, but, yeah. you know, a lot of the, even like the sports and activity you tend to think of as, you know, female-centric, seem like their capabilities would be better suited for driving a vehicle and now it's just kind of like the roosters have come home to hatch and i think i don't know i think boys of this generation too much video games and they're just like i don't care about getting out of the house too plays into it a little bit so that's true yeah. i mean the element that i think of a lot and this is like one of the big forces behind motorhead mama is that because you know, a, a lot of people who are grease monkeys, which, by the way, I'm I'm not like <laughs> I, I know basic stuff. But, I, you know, you don't find my head under the hood. I, I'm a driver and, mm -hmm. and that's my thing. Right. Um, because now with a new car, you essentially can't work on your own car. Right. You've got to bring it to a dealership. It's got to be plugged in so that they can tell you what's wrong with it. Like you open up the hood and you you're like, I don't know what the hell's going on here. Mm -hmm. You know, you just see a bunch of logos yeah. um, because of that. It's a wonderful equalizer. It makes it so, you know, it used to be that if you were into your car, it meant you could take it apart and put it back together. Now, almost, you can't do that with anything. Yeah. So it opens it up to people who, it, it, I think it means, so now we have this opportunity for car culture and to being into cars, quote unquote, to be a new thing. And for, for girls and women, that's a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. You're right, because it's – I never thought about it before, but this generation of cars is basically a complete reinvention of how you interact with your car because in the past you would have to know how to, like, prime carburetors. And if the power steering went out, you'd have to know, you know, you know you're know, you driving around, like, eight tons of American steel, so you got to, like, you know, ham-fist it through turns if, like, the power steering goes out, even if you exactly. had power steering. Well, now it's – Everything is it, cars have basically been reinvented within like probably the last five or ten years in yeah. the way you would complete. I, wow, like my my brain just blew a little bit. Like like it is. A new oh my thing. god, mind blown. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So <laughs> while, while while I recover from that, uh, 
I, I really like I'm gonna have to like sit on it one for a bit is um let's kind of talk about your history with cars and so you, you started to learn on the Saab so yeah. what what took you from the Saab to where you are now like what was like the keynote like what was the first car that was really yours like yeah so this is interesting so i've got this timeline on my wall i have a big white wall that's um you know whiteboard in my office my uh, my office by the way is a tough shed so it's the motorhead mama international shed quarters that i'm sitting in right now which is you know completely ghetto so don't get all you know don't have illusions of fanciness so when I first got my license, my, I was thinking about you when you said that about your aunt. My grandparents thought they were being phenomenally generous by handing me their um, Raspberry Aries K station wagon. Um, it was so bad. I, it was so bad, just so, so bad. And it was an automatic. And I was horrified. Like, I was trying really hard to be grateful. And I was so psyched to have wheels. But... I was already kind of a car snob, right? Like yeah. I got I got my subscription to Car and Driver when I was 15. I didn't even have a license yet. And I was just like, dude, oh no, right? <laughs> so that was brutal. But then I saved up and this was so great because my parents both had Saab 900 S's and they had this great mechanic whose name was Ernie. I'll never forget this guy. And he was like, oh, I can, I've got a car for you. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, it's a doozy. You're going to love it. And I was like, oh yeah, sweet. And he was into kart racing and he was just, he was a great guy. And he was like, listen, it's a 1981 Saab 900 turbo two tone limited edition. I'm going to sell it to you for $2,500. I'm going to give you a five year warranty. Now, if anybody knows anything about the Saab 900 Turbo, you know that that thing's a dog. Like, yeah. it, you know, the turbo just always blows up. Like, it, that thing, when it went, it was just heaven on earth. But it always blew up. But he had given me this unlimited warranty, right? Yeah. So I was in there all the time. And I mean, I say, I would say in the first, year he replaced the clutch he replaced the turbo i had to get a new engine at one point like the the poor guy probably spent you know 10 grand <laughs> doing right by me but what was cool for me is that i got to hang out at his shop while he worked on my car and he was explaining to me what everything was and how it worked and because the car was so unpredictable i also got really into you know feeling when something was going to go wrong um, like to this day, whenever I drive an electric vehicle and, you know, or the, um, cars where the engine turns off at the light, yeah. I have, a, my heart skips a beat because at, with that saw, <laughs> you know, anything could happen at a stoplight or a stop sign, like the engine could turn off at any moment. So, um, that was the car, you know, when they say like, you know, when you're trying to find your perfect mate, you're trying to get back to the womb or your parents or whatever it is. It's like every car I buy, I'm just trying to get back to the Saab 900 turbo because I just, I just adored it. And the whizzing sound of that turbo, those like velvety seats, um, that thick steering wheel, the way that car held onto the road. I mean, I, I just loved it. Again, it's Saab's, have this character to them 
that no other brand I think like has been able to do. Like there's just something about being in Assam and I've never had the, you know, privilege to own Assam, but I've been in a bunch and it's like I could see like a sob seems like the car where you get into it and you have to give it a name. Like it just has totally. a character. Yeah. <laughs> Mine was crop duster because it did burn a lot of oil. <laughs> I, I was hoping it was that reason and not because of like the passengers in there. Like every time they get out for some reason. <laughs> no, it smoked a lot. It smoked a lot. But then, you know, so when that, I mean, I put 220,000 miles on that before it really was, uh, no, no, I, I, the total mileage was 220,000. I think I got it with like 40,000 miles. I mean, I drove the hell out of that car. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, I had a bunch of cars. And then when I met my husband, it was bad because it was sort of like, we, we, you know, we bought a house here in LA and it was sort of like the boom home equity years. And of course he started doing well. We went to our account once and the accountant was like, you guys need to lease a lot of expensive cars or something. And I think he meant it as a joke, but <laughs> we took it literally. Yeah. Oh, we still so got it. Yeah. <laughs> totally. We, there, there was like smoke behind us when we, you know, like when we, as soon as he said that, because we were just mm -hmm. out that door as quickly as possible. So, yeah, Miss Turner, thought, as your tax consultant, I need, I think you needed smoke more crack. Yeah. I think it seems like, wait, where'd they go? Yeah. <laughs> he was great. I love this guy. Um, so, you know, I've had, um, this is sad, but okay. I had too many Coopers, Cooper S's. I had the first, actually, I'm proud to say I had the first Mini Cooper S convertible in California, oh. which I loved as well. Um, I've had three X5s. Um, I had the first 4.8 in California. I am driving an X5M right now because, as I said, I do like temperamental cars. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, the X5. Um, I don't mind as much as the X6 because the X6 uh -huh. seems like okay, good. I I I wanted to approach oh, okay. it like carefully because I wasn't sure how you're gonna feel about. It. Oh, but. offend me if possible, but you didn't because <laughs> I hate that thing. It's so ugly. It looks like someone making like an ugly face or like sticking out their lips or something. I don't know. It's awful. It looks like a big ugly dog taking a crap. To me. <gasps> wow, <laughs> so great. I'll never forget my my um. Remember when Ford tour, Ford came out with the tourist station wagon? Yeah. And my aunt said, my aunt, who was like totally uptight Connecticut, we drove past it one day and she said, yeah, that car looks like it has dump in its pants. <laughs> <gasps> right? Yeah, that is... I loved her just a little bit more that day. <laughs> my, my parents had one of those very briefly when we were growing up. I did like very vague memories of it and... That is, yeah, that is a turd in its <laughs> pants mobile. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, like I remember, I remember looking out the back of that thing. Like, I think that might have been the first time in my life I remember being embarrassed. When I like recollect, I'm in this car, and there's people coming up behind me, and they assume I'm in this car by choice, and it's not the case. <laughs> so, eject, eject. Yeah, like, get me out of here! Like, help us! No, the oh. Terrible car. So, yeah, the, Terrible. The, the, the BMW X6 is the Ford Taurus of our uh, Ford true. Taurus wagon of our day. Yeah. It, uh, well, what's I, weird? What's 
what's upsetting about the X6 is that it came out and it was just so deplorable. But then, you know, Mercedes followed suit with that enormous crossover whose name I can't. Is it the GLC? Is that what that ugly thing's called? They've, I just saw one. I'm actually driving home tonight. Sure. I, Mercedes naming nomenclature is like. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's like there's a G and like the Q maybe and like there's a C <laughs> in it and like A for some reason. I don't know what the L even stands for. It's like, you no. know what? It's the Mercedes midsize SUV. That, that's pretty much how I go, right? Exactly. Yeah. But it's the enormous, ugly crossover with with the emblem as big as a baby's head. Oh, uh, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, I don't remember you know, which one that one. Yeah. But that one that one has a bit of the dog taking a dump rear end on it too. Like, yeah, it totally does. They're they're awful. I don't yeah. I don't really get the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It to me it just screams and this is what I get with a lot of impression with a lot of new cars is the designers are trying to make cars to appeal to people who don't care about cars, but want other yeah. people to think that they care about cars. Totally. Like, yeah. Like, but it looks kind of coupish. Like, uh, coupes are supposed to be cool, right? Yeah. But I want an SUV, so I'll get this. Like, no one over five foot two can sit in the back seat, but whatever. And it has no cargo space, and also just go out and get a fucking station wagon because why exactly. not? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and I am one of those people that. I'm driving an SUV because I just want to be high off the ground. Like I drive on dirt roads, you know, like, am I doing any off-roading? Let's not kid ourselves. It's an X5M. Like, no, I'm not doing any off-roading, but it's fast as hell. And I love it. Mm -hmm. Like the super fast SUVs, I can appreciate just because they're bonkers. They're basically German and like, it's primarily German engineers who seem to have like a hard on for this, but they, totally. it, it seems to be just them going like, fuck you, gravity and like laws of motion. <laughs> like we're going to get this thing zero to 60, like faster than a rocket ship and just to hell with, you know, everything else. Yeah. So, and, and for me as a mom, it means I can take my kid to like her whatever stupid lesson. I can put all the surfboards on top on the weekend, but then like at when I'm at the stoplight and looking across and seeing that bitch from from the elementary school that I can't stand and then off the line I just smoke her and her Prius, it makes me deliriously happy. Yeah. You know, I may be shallow, but that's my thing. Well, that's that's all that matters, you know, just <laughs> uh man, I as as someone who is in LA, I, you know, do you hate Priuses because they're so plentiful, or because of the people who drive them? Oh, well, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. You know, so my Prius thing, I, the joke is, on some level, I love the Prius because it number one, it gives me endless punchlines. Right, it's always the bunch, the butt of my jokes. So, yeah. what, where would I be without the Prius? But also, you know, it's actually shown that the um, it's helped the smog. Like the the I don't I don't have any statistics because I would screw it right up. But that the the conversion to the Prius, yeah. which is the best selling ca- car in California, really um, changed our air quality. So, but my my issue with it 
is just the first gen just drove so badly. At first, I thought it was like, oh wow, these people that these early adopters are kind of retarded because they would the the, the turning radius was just so wide. I was like, what's wrong with you? Like you can get in that parking space. Do you need me to get out and like help you? And then I realized, no, it's just the car drives so badly. They have to to do that. Um, and now it's like so many of my friends have Priuses or, and then they'll like tell me and be like, will you still be my friend now that you see what I drive? <laughs> you know? um, which is funny. And the new ones drive really well, but I'm still making fun because they're, they're really ugly. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it pissed me off. Um, like early on when I tried to get into the automotive journalism thing, I went around um, the DC auto show, like, this is years and years ago now, but I went around and I tried to get into every Toyota and I'm six foot two. And the only Toyota I could fit in comfortably was the Prius. I'm like, that angers me to no oh, end. But, so but this sad. is the only car I fit in. Like, <laughs> like, Yo, and have you tried to sit in the new vets? I have not had the chance to sit in a new vet. I, the Viper, I can't hardly fit into, but I, I can yeah. make that happen. Right, because <laughs> it's true. The new vets, it's like you, if over six feet tall, you you, you just don't fit in it. It's kind of a bummer. Uh, it, um, yeah. That was my issue. Like when I used to be a big Saturn fan because I Ooh. owned a Saturn because I'm a crazy person. So yeah. I, I wanted yeah, this. <laughs> I wanted the Sky, and I went to the dealership, sat down in the Sky to test drive it, and I couldn't fit. I was like, oh, this is this is the worst thing. They're like, well, you can sit in the Saturn Astro. We got a red line one of those. I went, it's just not the same. <laughs> it's just not. But, <laughs> so yeah, you, no, it's not. No, so you have your uh, X5M that is just basically breaking the laws of physics. Yeah. Uh, at least that. So you currently have that. No, oh, that's mine. I bought it. Yeah, and I I had before this. I had a 997. I had a a, a Porsche. C2S, I I mean, I wrote a car slot confessions about my about it. Um and by the way, um when you say things like car slut, apparently, you get a lot of interesting traffic to your site. I'll just, you know, sometimes I just like to post the crazy search words that lead people to my blog because that's hilarious. Um and then I feel bad for them because they're putting in like, you know crazy bitchy slutty you know, all these words and then they get me i'm like sorry <laughs> just just in the cart mm-hmm. <laughs> no you wanted porn so mm-hmm. sorry just on the bottom um, put your pants back on yeah. exactly <laughs> <You're perp. laughs> um but that car i mean duh it's just such cliche to to talk about but Oh my God. I was so embarrassed by it in the beginning because I was like a blonde chick driving through LA in a convertible Porsche. But guess what? I'm to- Now that I don't have that car anymore, I'm totally over it. I missed the hell out of it. It was just, it was pure joy. And mm. I, and the best is we leased it because, you know, our crazy accountant told us we had to, or at least we thought. Yeah. And so, and we trashed it. Like we put racing, we took our seats out put in racing seats. We brought it to Willow, right? Least care, least Porsche. Yeah. Yeah, At Willow. I know. And then, and then at some point, like we needed a new battery. And so my husband was like, here, take this battery. And I put it, I didn't know it was leaky. And I grabbed it and I put it in the front passenger seat 
by my feet and it like battery acid went all over the place and it ate it up and it was like literally we turned in the car and we were terrified like we would check our email and our our mail for months just waiting for Portia to send us this big fat bill or uh, you know take our house or something because we 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 trashed that car but man it was fun made a ball uh i'm curious did did you put your little one in there when you had it Oh, yeah, she, we bought it and we drove home from the dealership through Topanga. Have you ever, have you ever been to Topanga Canyon? No, I have not. It's on, it's on the list. Well, when you come, we'll do some, we'll do some driving, some canyon carving and it's, it's just a wild street, right? So it's curvy and hilly and my husband was driving home. I was like, dude, you got to slow down. He's like, I know we're good. We're good. And then all of a sudden, my daughter goes, Daddy, I don't feel and puked all like chicken McNuggets everywhere, all over the back. And she had milk and chicken nuggets all over the back of this brand new Porsche that was literally on the way home from the dealership. <laughs> and the best part was, I was like, told you so. <laughs> oh, that, that is oh. <laughs> I know he hasn't divorced me yet. It's a uh, miracle. Oh, uh, that is just the, I I'm picturing the dealer like you know or like some poor guy who's reselling that afterwards. Like he comes in <laughs> off of please, and the the guy who got it afterwards. I'm just picturing him somewhere like wait battery acid and milk milk pukes. Like no wonder I got such a good deal. Like oh. Uh, uh, <laughs> no kidding, no kidding. But the joke is, I still miss it. I'd still buy it tomorrow if I could. Mm-hmm. It was a great car. I mean, nine eleven Porsche. They they stuck around for a reason. If they were if they were crap, they would have died off. You know. It's... True, and you you know we have a new experience center here in L.A. We got a Porsche experience center. Mm. Experience center in L.A. <laughs> just like too close to Scientology for my mind. I, I'm fearful of people you. in nets and just coming by and grabbing. Like if they open up one in Waco, I'm definitely running. Like that's for sure. <laughs> I'm sure there's like a plastic surgeon attached where, you know, your wife can go and get new boobs while you drive cars around in circles. I'm sure it's, it's LA. Come on. Yeah. Uh, we've got the tanning beds. We've got, well, that, that's like the curious thing to me is I really don't know why like these racetracks, you know, haven't wised up and started putting like spas in with them because that would be like, you know, if the guys, the fifty-year-old guy is going out to the track and he, you know, the woman's got to come with him. Why not go ahead and you know put it in a spa, put it in something like that? Has, it's true. I mean, well, you know, the one what's interesting is BMW puts their M Experience Center out in Thermal, which is near Palm Springs. But the other thing that Thermal is well known for is it's a horse show place it's like one of the biggest horse shows in the country is at thermal for like 10 weeks and the reason i know that is because my daughter is into horses god damn it um <laughs> the only so more expensive hobby uh, it's wait. just it's 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 ridiculous um so you know the good news is while she shows her horses i can go and and play with bmws is the good news so yeah, that, I think that was pretty smart. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they're wising up to it, but I think it's it's going to take them a little bit. And I'm curious too when it eventually flips, when you start having more women doing this hobby than men, what's going to have to happen? Are they going to have to start putting like 
sports bars or like something else. <laughs> That's true for your while your man sits there. I mean, anytime I post anything about going to the track, women approach me and they say, "Can I go? Can I go? How can I get to a track?" Um, I think it's something that women really want to do and i would love to do some sort of motorhead mama thing where i could get women to the track like because women need to be empowered and they want to be empowered um behind the wheel it's just you know most haven't had a real opportunity to do so mm-hmm. well it's it's such a weird not weird like i can't think of a better word for it but like like most video gamers are women over 40 which is a like really yeah like <gasps> Which is the thing you wouldn't think of. It's like, you know, when you start going like, well, there's Candy Crush and there's mobile gaming, which is technically still gaming. Uh, then the people who are putting in more time and more effort into that are, you know, women over 40, which is crazy. When I was like, if you would have told me that when I was eight years old, I'd be like, nah, that's never going to happen. So that's the thing. And then we got the paradigm shift with the younger kids and with the drivers. And I yeah. don't see why it wouldn't be the same thing with. Because driving, I mean, we all do it. I mean, especially, you know, a lot of women, you know, want a hobby. My wife is a good yeah. example of this where you know, she's professional. She does this. You know, she's nurse and she's going down this project line. But when you get out on the other end, you know, when you retire, it's like you're going to need something to do. You know how to drive and a racetrack looks like fun. So why not? Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. For I don't sure. Know. I don't well, know. you know, it gets... It gets back to this idea, and I think you and I talked about this before, but, you know, this whole concept of car people changing and how, um, you know, people, this is, this, this will change, it is changing, and I think there are a lot of people who, you know, the story I always tell is that people will be like, oh my gosh, I read your blog, it's funny, I sent it to my cousin because he's a car guy and he'll be really into it. I'm like, oh, thanks. Mm -hmm. And then they'll come back and like text me the next day or run into me or email me or whatever and say, by the way, I saw, uh, you know, the new Tesla SUV. Do you like it? Or they'll send me an email uh, text with three pictures of cars that they saw. And then I'll be like, thanks so much. I guess you're into cars too. And they'll go, no, no, no. Yeah. I just saw this car. And then I'll say to them, well, tell me about your first car. And they'll they'll do like I just did to you, which is like tell you some crazy story about the car that they had that they love so much. And, and I think we all you know Car Talk was really good at tapping into this. And I think Top Gear is too. If you... If you make it not about like the price of entry is this high that you have to be a gearhead and you have to know, you know, about the manifold and how many cylinders is in this car. If you just talk to it on a human level, so many of us are car people, but not many of us have an outlet for that. Right. Yeah, it's I mean, it's. All. We do, like, most entertainment is human interaction. Like, Top Gear, you know, yeah. is a great example of this. Like, Top Gear is great. It's about, it's supposed to be about cars, but really it's about the way those guys on screen interact with each other. Exactly. And when you really are talking about a love of cars and a love of, like, your first car or whatever, there's, you know, cars are basically a member of the family at that point. Like, as much as maybe a dog or a cat is where, 
you have so much experience in the vehicle, like the person taught that I learned how to drive in this car. And then, you know, I had, you know, my first experience in the backseat in this vehicle. And I had, you know, yeah. this and the other half in this car. And it becomes, you know, woven into your life where I don't think, especially in America, you can really avoid being a car person because it is so intertwined with our life. And I, I, I like that that was on your on your site where it talked about how you were the 93rd most influential person in the yeah. automotive space. <laughs> okay. Check yeah. that out. Yeah. Uh, but you talk about how like you enjoyed that and like, you know, everyone, you know, I'm not a car person, but really everyone is. And I, I do think you've tapped into that wonderful kind of like space of you don't need to be the type of person who rebuilds a carburetor on the weekend for fun. Yeah. You can be the type of person who sees a Prius with a stick figure family on the back of it and go like douchebag. And <laughs> that level of enthusiasm needs a voice. And I think you lend such a wonderful voice to that on your website. And it's, you know, I, I enjoy reading it. I enjoy the tweets and I enjoy the Instagram stuff so much because it is, I think you are a great personification of that uh, inner bitch in all of us to put it like, <laughs> thank you. Why? Thank you. <laughs> like, as I but, left my mouth, I'm like, is that offensive? I don't think so. No, but whatever. no, yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's great. And and that's what I, you know, I always am trying to go back to that space where I was when nobody, you know, write like no one's reading, right? Like really try to try to d write what I'm really thinking. And and um, I remember. Mark Stevenson from TTAC was on on this podcast and talked about, you know, once you start, people start giving you cars to drive and sending you on fancy trips and, you know, giving you steak and delicious wine that you're too cheap to buy yourself, you feel bad making fun of those cars, right? Like it kind of changes everything. And, you know, I've had those moments where, where car companies are really nice to me. Um, the and I, and I always try to get back to like, don't, you know, it's just stuff They're They're, you know, they're doing what they can to get you to write nice things. But the reality is the reason, you know, Volvo is a great example. The reason Volvo gave me attention is because I wrote a post called dear Volvo, you're a punk ass bitch <laughs> as you do. Yeah. Um, but the whole thing was like talking about how Volvo, and this was, two or three years ago about how Volvo used to be like the car for the edgy person. You know, it was, it was on par with the Saab. It was like, you were badass If you had those turb, those 740 turbo wagons, like you're kick ass, right? Mm -hmm. Like Volvo drivers had a, had a sense of humor. Volvos were fast. Volvos were badass, you know? And then all of a sudden, like during the Ford years, they just got so bland and boring and they're fucking Swedish, man. Can I swear? Sorry. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, good. So like they're Swedish, you know, those people like go topless on the beach. They, like they're, they're, they're open. They're cool. Like, can't we get that back? And so, you know, on the heels of the Geely thing, I was thinking, man, like what if, what if Volvo brought that back and somebody liked it and, and started, you know, showing me, you know, the, like I drove the XC90 really early. And, you know, to be honest with you, that car blew my mind happily. Um, but, you know, it's, I'm always trying to get back to that place where I can really bring out the inner bitch in myself too, and not try to please others. Yeah. 
it's it, I I love that the Volvo is like punk ass bitch. It, it's very interesting. I, I could go off on a tangent on it for a while. I'm trying to quash myself from doing that. So <laughs> I love it. No, because I'll go off on a tangent for about an hour, and that, that's not what people <laughs> need to hear about. So, but you know, Volvo they brought out XC90. That's, that's such a great car, and it's oh. you know the S90, the V90. My only fear with Volvo is, since we're kind of on that topic, is yeah. they're almost too good now. I know. I know. Where before I've owned what three or four Volvo, how many? Yeah, four Volvos now in my life, which is crazy. They're almost too normal now. They're almost too nice. Like I, I yeah. really, my fear is in the DC metropolitan area, you can tell who the douchebags are because they drive around the certified pre-owned BMW or the car, the BMW from <laughs> CarMax, because they want to appear like they have money, but they're really broke and they can't afford the maintenance fees on. <laughs> so when I start seeing the CarMax and like the like, you know, certified pre-owned, like from like Don Byers Volvo, wherever, like that's where I'm going to be like, uh, they might have jumped a cliff a little bit for me. So I don't know. It, I'm, I feel like I'm with you. It's like it's all gotten very nice and clean, right? Yeah. Where Volvo was a little dirty and naughty on some level, right? Mm -hmm. But I feel like the thing that could shift this is, you know, they keep te teasing this um, this electric hatch. And I, in my head, have this thing where it's like if Volvo could make like an e-golf, Right, an e-golf killer, like a perform a little performance hatchback. Yeah. Um, and I would have preferred if it was a plug-in hybrid because I love that T8 engine is just so fast and so great, and I I I love the plug-in hybrid. Like if they could come out with a little badass plug-in hybrid, um, hat hot hatch, like they're in a great place to do that, and they could do one that's safe. They could do one that looks great because all their cars do. Mm -hmm. Oh man, like that. That's what I'm waiting for with that with Volvo, please, mm. baby Jesus. I'd be yeah. so psyched. Yeah, something something along the lines of like a, you know, P1800 or like a better looking exactly. C30. Like who? Right. Uh, and they keep teasing it. They I keep know. teasing it. They bought they brought the P1800 to the LA Auto Show, and like people keep telling me, I don't know. I've got my fingers crossed. Yeah. Everything's crossed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, such a great look. But so speaking of auto shows, then I'm curious about your thoughts on auto show season's over. Um, Ugh. it takes forever for whatever reason. Um, I don't know, like there's been a lot of like announcements and I don't know if like something stood out to you as maybe a winner or a loser in the auto show space over the last year. I mean, who was the yeah. dude and who was the douchebag this year? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the dude was the station wagon. Mm -hmm. I was just that I, I hate to be such a Volvo whore, but that V90, come on, just mm. delish, delish. Yes. Um, and then we get a beautiful station wagon from the most unlikely of sources being Buick. Yeah. I don't what? know. A, a station wagon announced from Buick based on a company they just sold to like, which is so mind boggling. Like, Here's a car. It'll probably only be around for a year. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, they, GM has a way of doing that to us. So, no, I, it's a gorgeous looking car. And the V90, obviously, is a very gorgeous looking car. And I do think 
Speaking of trends coming around, I do think the station wagon is like due for its like rebirth as like the cool vehicle, which I think. I've been waiting. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting. I keep saying it, but it's like I just. I don't know. I'm so a huge station wagon fan. I try. I remember I was at the BMW dealership and the guy that I was, I was like, can I get, you know, can I just get a 535 station wagon? He was like, you've been waiting for six months. And I was like, well, I'm way too impatient for that. <laughs> and then he said, you know, you know who just brought, and this was a while ago. He said, you know, who just brought over a M5 wagon. I was like, who? And he said, pink. And I was like, I used to hate her, and now I love her. She's a genius. <laughs> it, it's weird how that like celebrity thing can make you completely change opinions on them. Like I read about Lady Gaga's like car collection. I'm like, and now I'm a fan. Like she's got- <laughs> that's all it takes for me. It's like, yeah, you you drive something cool and you're into it. I'm down. Yep, totally I'm down. Hundred percent. Yeah, like a whole bunch of old like weird European cars, and it's like. Yep, now, now I like Gaga for some reason, because that's how that works. So, who failed this year? Maybe not failed, but who kind of was the douchebag of the auto show this last year? So, this is not going to have me make any friends, but it was the auto show itself. Yeah. I went to LA Auto Show because that's my, that's my hometown, and, you know... Um, I wasn't going to see anything in particular, but it was like, oh, I was going to see everybody I know, and I just love it. And to be honest with you, my favorite part of uh, the LA Auto Show is always Kensha Hall, which is downstairs where they have all the crazy stuff, you know, where like Dub Magazine does its shit. I love that. It's like they have like the, you know, the booth babes. Like it's just the most inappropriate. It's like mini SEMA, but dirtier. It's just, it's fantastic. So I always go to the LA Auto Show. And then it was when it was time to figure out if I was going to go to New York and and Detroit, I'm always like, yeah, whatever. Like if somebody sends me, I'll go. But, you know, I'm I'm allergic to snow. So uh, um, New York, I just even down to the wire, my daughter was like, oh, mom, will you please not go this year. It's always during my birthday. I want to go to an auto show. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to go. And I didn't go to, I, I wish I had gone to CES, to be honest with you. Uh, that's the only, I think we can call it an auto show now, can't well, we? Basically, there's enough announcements are happening there that it basically qualifies. It's just the more tech-oriented companies now. So. Exactly. And it feels, to be honest with you, more exciting, right? It's like cooler stuff, and there's a lot of energy where um, the auto show's are all struggling who are we kidding but it feels you it's palpable now and it's yeah. uncomfortable it bums me out because i love a good auto show but it's yeah there are too many mm-hmm. they're fighting this weird uh like we want like the auto manufacturers want to put out information before the auto show which causes the auto show not to matter as much as it once did and like well it I, every year I say, I'm going to go to all the presentations because this is, I'm going to go, I'm going to watch the presentation, so it's going to be great. And then I go and I watch the presentations. I'm like, by the third one, I'm like, I'm out. Why am I here? Like, You're right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Subaru, we're going to show you a cartoon about people in space inside a giant seven-person like SUV. Like, 
Uh, we're not making anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah. And Acura was like, we're showing you our new dashboard. I was like, are you like, I walked out in the middle. I was like, are you serious? This is like last year. I got the NSX uh, GT3. Like what? Like that made me sad. Um, I was like, uh, yeah, I was just really sad about that. But at the same time, I feel for the automakers because, you know, you have to, you have to create excitement somehow. But so to be honest with you, this it was sad because I really didn't feel like I missed anything. Mm-hmm. I almost wonder if what should happen is if all the auto manufacturers should get together and go, we're going to have one auto show this year in a location, and that's going to be the one that matters. Wouldn't that be great? It, it and would... make it L.A. <laughs> <laughs> it, it would probably be either L.A. or Detroit because I don't think they would yeah. – bother with new york if it was just going to be one big one so yeah mm-hmm. have you ever been on the auto show thing have you ever been to like a small auto show like- oh god i went to the one in orange county once um and that was depressing um and i go you know every year i go to this thing called alt car which is in santa monica and it actually was like one of the first ev shows in the country and it's a freak show um i have a post on it um a a couple posts on it on my blog but the woman that runs it's a friend of mine so she always lets me have a table and i like to interview people because they're the weirdest people (laughs) in the world so i have a great time um but yeah small shows can be bizarre Mm -hmm. it's bizarre slash depressing slash like why are like watching other people like i can't help it like the cars are entertaining and i you know want to get inside all of them but like seeing other people and in the dc auto show not this last year but the year prior um i managed to like hang around long enough around bmw's booth like just ogling at like their cars that um (laughs) i somehow managed to just like find myself in the vip tour section nice good yeah there you go as I was being walked around by like the person who was presenting it, it's like, and here is the new BMW i8. It's it's you know giving his whole spiel about it, and the lady went, so what makes this one different than the three series over there exactly? It's like, why are you? What are you here for? Like what? Like seriously? Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> can I get into this one? And what's wrong with its doors? They don't open like normal cars. Like. I'm like, I'm out. Like, I got to go. Like, this lady's going to drive me nuts. I can't. I was like, oh, I know it would be funny. I'll tag along for like an hour and just follow these people around. I was like, no, this lady's going to drive me nuts. I just know. It's depressing. It's totally depressing. But so here's, I have a little like, I have a few like bucket list car things. And one of them is the Tokyo Auto Salon. Mm. Because anybody that wants to like cover a Toyota and cotton candy is a friend of mine. I'll tell you that much right now. I want. I need to get there. I have to see all that crazy. I, I used to live in Japan, so I'm a little bit of a Japanophile. I, and and when they do crazy stuff with cars, it just makes me incredibly happy. There's there's this wonderful fact that like no one in Japan takes their car modifications really seriously. Like everything's way over the right. top, and it's just nuts. And I love it. I know. But, yeah. Like where else? Where else in the world would like? Just covering a car and cartoon characters basically be like considered badass. <laughs> like, yeah, like giant pipes out the back and like heart shaped exhaust, and no one gives a shit. Like, I love it. Uh, 
I love it too. I really do. It's just, yeah, it, there is a lot of only in Japan. And, you know, I haven't been to the Shanghai show, but supposedly there's a fair amount of over the top uh, there as well. Mm. Well, I'm curious, have you ever thought about owning a K car since we're talking about Japan? It's not really on the list, to be honest with you. And the list is long. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't wear a, an engagement ring or a wedding ring because I'm still waiting for my E-type. And I've been married for 17 years. So, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it makes sense. The E-type is kind of like the exact opposite in terms of like K car, like on the spectrum sure. of like automobiles, um, somewhere in between is a minivan, but that's, that's all I know about it. So uh, <laughs> no, it's not on the list. And I like weird Japanese cars, but that's not one of them. Hmm. Quite interesting. Well, I'm, we're a little bit over time and I just looked down and realized that. So I want to kind of run through, see, it's weird. So you've, you've listened to the show before. So have you heard yeah. my question? Always weird when people say they do. I don't know why. And I, yeah. anyway, why is that weird? You I, put it on the worldwide way. It's worldwide. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. No, no, the weirdest thing is I've been recognized by my voice a couple times, and that freaks me the hell out. Oh, that's uh, cool. That's super cool. Like, I have no idea what you look like. But there's videos and pictures out there if, if one is willing to look for it. But uh, it's... <laughs> I'm going to find them. Yeah, it, it, it's not as handsome as you think. And sorry, Mike. It's, it's, <laughs> I'm just picturing Jason Statham, and I'm just totally going with that from well, now on. Yeah, I'm just going to put that on my business cards. Picturing Jason <laughs> Statham, like. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so you might be aware of the questions I ask of the guests occasionally, or been trying to ask more frequently now. So these are the inside the actor studio esque questions, and this is I know as car people we're all about you know it changes day by day what our dream car is and such but this is just in the moment as we speak so oh my god this is so stressful okay and okay I, and I actually for your episode I have a new twist for at the end so uh, what is your favorite car <gasps> mm. we're, we're talking like all time or that I've owned all time any vehicle if you could Go out and you could reach back in time and pick up that like Jag that your father or that your father owned, all the way yeah. up to like I just want a Bugatti Veyron for just to go fast. So. Mm. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a Dino. Mm, a Ferrari Dino. Yeah, because because also it wasn't the it wasn't the fancy Ferrari and that makes it cool and it wasn't appreciated when it came out and that makes it makes it cool and it just looks so good like oh shit but then there's the pantera okay i'm gonna stick with the dino okay uh what's your least favorite car <gasps> oh i mean <laughs> that is really 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 hard and i'm not even gonna say the prius or the pontiac aztec mm -hmm. no those are um, those are the easy ones you never punch down yeah those are low-hanging fruit. I mean, I think the X6, because it, it really, it, like, disgraced the beauty that is the X5. That makes perfect sense. You take you take beauty and you destroy it thereby. Yeah. 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 Um, what modification trends, we're talking about, like, stance, bro dozer, truck nuts, or whatever, do you find yeah. yourself attracted to? Oh, um, my God. I mean, listen. 
if you've read my post, I love big nuts and I cannot lie. You know, mama loves me some truck nuts. Um, <laughs> the bigger, the better. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I love them forever. Um, yeah. I've, I've said a bit of sarcasm, but I can't be. 100%. No, it's not even sarcastic. It's, that's the thing. It's like the more over the top a mod is, the more I love it. And that's why I do Freak of the Week. It just makes me, <laughs> it makes me so happy when I see someone putting so much energy into a car. I don't know. It just, even if it's like offensive or awful, it just makes me smile. <laughs> that is a true appreciation of art right there. I think is what that is. Like, even if it's offensive, it still is good. So Yeah, that's art. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> So what is your least mo favorite modification trend then? Oh, man. Is it based on your EV talk? Is it crazy people who put electric motors into cars for no good reason? No, I, I kind of get that. Like, I think there should be more electric motors in, in cars. Um I mean, we got stance, we got Brodozer, we got... Uh, was it donk? I, I have to say the bad rap. Bad rap. So what, what are we talking about bad rap? We're talking about someone who tried to do it themselves and it just looks terrible? And it's fucking peeling off. And it's on, like, there's one in my neighborhood that I see that's an, it's literally, it's an X5 and they put a bad rap on it. It's like peeling off all over the place. Mm. And it's like, why didn't you just get a, a like a can of spray paint? Just if you're gonna do it, just do it. And it was it was matte black. It's like just do it. Don't mess around. And I'm not even anti-rap. It was just really poorly done. The bad rap. So there, where I go to DC, I pass a BMW X6 oh, with no. a murdered out flat black wrap that the driver probably did themselves. That's sitting <laughs> on go. 22 inch chromed out rims, and I'm just like. I'm confused as to. <laughs> it's perfect. Like, do you have a penis? And like, does it grow inside you? Like, I'm so confused as to what this is supposed to be. So. It's just so bad. And I hope it's like a stockbroker. Like, that would be so great. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's not. It, uh, it's someone in D.C. who I'm sure thinks they're more important than they are. Because that's pretty much all of D.C. Um, that's true. <laughs> All right. Uh, what car do you dread to be stuck behind at a red light? <gasps> um, you know what? It's always the Honda Odyssey. <laughs> that, that makes just, perfect sense. Yeah. It just always is. And I know there are kids in there and I know they're screaming. I know that woman's miserable because not only does she have screaming kids in her car, she's driving a Honda Odyssey, people. I took a picture today of a Honda Odyssey. I have to tweet it. On PCH, right? Lovely, beautiful PCH. And it, on the back, it said, just married. And I was like, seriously? Like, nobody could give them, like, no, no, no. Take my Prius. You know, don't give them a fucking minivan on their honeymoon. It's, it's like, <laughs> that's a really bad way to start a marriage, in my opinion. Yeah, like, uh, unless you're sleeping in a minivan because you're on some sort of weird worldwide quest. It, no. Oh, Oh, that's good. I'm going to go with that angle. I'm going to go with that. makes me feel better now. Maybe that's what they're doing. They're camping. Mm -hmm. They're just free spirits. Mm -hmm. They're on their way to the Flyer Festival or whatever the hell that disaster was down there. 
Um, I'm obsessed with. The, I don't know why. I'm obsessed with it just because it's like everything I hate about society and all these people got screwed, which makes me just giggle. Um, it's awful. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. Uh, what automotive sound or noise do you love? <gasps> <laughs> what automotive sound don't I love? I love the whiz of a turbo mm. so much. That's one of my favorite sounds. Like a down, a good downshift is just like I literally. I, yesterday I was driving home from Trader Joe's and my car's in the shop. Shocker, and I'm in this three thirty loaner from the dealership who hopefully won't listen to this and i was like oh these aren't my tires like i'm gonna go rip through this right and i literally was like sweating halfway home because i was going so fast and i was having so much fun i had like the windows down the sunroof open music blasting i had it manual mode and i was like this makes me so happy like all these sounds all these feelings make me so happy i hope other people feel this way too or as many people as possible get to feel this way mm. as a middle-aged woman like you know yeah, yeah. It, to me that sounds like heaven you know perfect little car <laughs> that you don't have to worry about if you put into a ditch you know just you know yeah. all the wonderful sounds and noise <laughs> uh so then what on the sound do you hate oh well i mean a grinding clutch nobody likes that sound um that's... And I hate I hate no sound. Yeah, also true. I I've said it before, and I quote misquote James May on this, but the chasm between the cheapest car and the most expensive car is but like a scratch compared to the gulf between not driving and driving. So. Yep, bingo. Mm -hmm. Um. So in the automotive world, what job besides what you're doing would you most want to try? Oh, wow. I've never um, thought of that. I can't be Jeremy Clarkson. You, you can Not... be Jeremy Clarkson, yeah. You just get to, like, take over his... I don't know if you want to take over his body, but we'll just give you a Jeremy Clarkson yeah. mask. <laughs> yeah, he could keep the bod. <laughs> um, but, like, if I could be on Top Gear... I mean, who 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 doesn't say it's sort of cliche? Of course, it's ridiculously cliche. But just them just handing me keys over and over again and saying like, oh no, you can say smart ass stuff and swear all day long. Like, yeah, that makes me so happy. So yeah, that's that's the job I'd take. I don't want a job where I have to work for an automaker. I couldn't I couldn't do it. I'm not good with the man. Um, uh, no, I'd be kicked out pretty pretty quickly. So that's the next question. And what is the one that you'd be the worst at or you'd least want to do? Would it be? I mean, yeah. Like, just like brakes changer? Like, or are we talking about like in the organization somewhere? Yeah, I think if somebody had to, like, if I was a designer, right? And I was like really talented and they were like, we need you to, to design X, right? And they gave me those parameters and, I didn't like them, right? <laughs> like if they told me to design, like we want you to drive an enormous crossover SUV mm -hmm. because the X6 has done so well. Yeah. I'd be like, no, that's okay. <laughs> I'll go to McDonald's. Yep. Like, you can't make me do this. I'm leaving. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, right. Temper tantrum. What is your automotive pet peeve? <gasps> I have so many of them. It's like, um, 
It's just like clean Jeeps really bother me. Like, don't have a Jeep and have it clean. That's retarded. Oh, here. So here's the one that gets me the most. And I literally yell at people. Wait, why do you have a brand new insert like Lambo, even like BMW? I see them in Ferraris, Bentleys. Why do you have a brand new car and you're holding your phone to your ear? <laughs> Tell me yes. why. Oh, that drives me, that drives me nuts. The, you get that one and then you get the one where like, they're like, oh, I'm using the hands-free device. So I put it on speakerphone and hold it right in front of my face <laughs> as I drive. That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. I mean, I think maybe with like the Lambo, maybe the engine noise is so much. Like that's what I tell myself that, you know, in an Aventador, you can't really use the Bluetooth because you can't hear yourself over that delicious, delicious engine sound. But, um, but yeah, that bugs the hell out of me. I'm like, don't get me started on how people drive. (laughs) So this is my new twist on this whole thing. So, we talked about your least favorite car, your most favorite car, your least favorite trend and whatnot. So we're going to make you make a choice. You, If you had to own one for the rest of your life, um, you could have either a Ferrari Dino, but it permanently has a bad wrap on it. Like you can't remove it. Oh, it just no. has to be on there for the rest of your life. Just a terrible wrap, like flapping in the breeze. You can see it oh, when you're no. driving it. Or a BMW X6, but it's got oh, truck God. nuts. Oh, oh, this is just mean. This is cruel. You're a you're a mean person. Um it's, it's, it's a toughie here. This is why we ask you the hard questions, you know. This is awful. <laughs> I would take the truck nuts off the X6 and put them on the Dino. Can't do that, can I? No, you cannot. You gotta live Damn with it. one. Yep. I'd still take the Dino. Yeah, I think you made the right choice there. Um yeah. And then uh, last question for the evening. It's the most important question, I think, that's ever been asked of anyone on any podcast ever. And uh, I ask it of all the guests because I'm trying to find this crucial pinnacle of humankind. Like, I think once we understand this, we'll understand human nature so much better. Uh, What's the hardest food to eat while driving? (laughs) Salad. mm. That's a good one. That's a new one. Mm. Dude. Salad, like it makes me crazy because you need, you have to use a fork, like you can't use your hands. Mm-hmm. And there's like dressing, and so you gotta have a bowl. It's it's a two handed job, first of all. Yeah, well, see, this is good because I'm sitting here going like, you know, a lot of people come to like the cereal or soup thing, but you can drink cereal or soup. It just... That's the thing. Salad's a good one. That's hmm, what kind of salad would be the hardest salad though. Would it be like a ooh, a wedge salad? That would be hilarious. A wedge salad would be really bad, but I would just pick it up and I would just lick the bacon off and then just like, <laughs> fuck it. Yeah. But <laughs> if I had to down the salad, yeah, I mean, I've done it. I've had this, you know, I live in LA. I drive a lot. I've had the salad while driving problem. Um, and I literally just pull over because even worse than, I'm such a dork that I am not even worried about like safety and getting an accident i'm worried about spilling the salad in my car and like smell it's smelling like caesar for the rest of my life that's what stressed me out <laughs> yeah that's a good because a lot of times it's like we've the leader in the clubhouse has been like you know like ice cream or um what was the one from last week i already forgot in it and um that episode hasn't even aired yet and i'm 
already forgot, but like, oh, Kit Kat because of like the mess and like the secret mess and everything. But, oh, yeah. Like the the salad dressing secretly just because like there's anchovy in Caesar and you don't think about totally. that. Totally. You that's never, gonna, yeah, that will never go away. No, that's going to be awful. That's a good one. I, I In my leaderboard that I need to get because I keep forgetting to not, to like, I need this. Is like the leaderboard of bad ideas to eat while driving. Salad's <laughs> up there. That is a good one. Yay! Yay me! I've yeah. stumped you twice. I'm deliriously happy. Yeah, that is that. I I am delighted by both times I've been stumped. So uh, let's. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on tonight. It, it's it's oh. been an absolute delight to have you. I'm sorry I kept you way later than I intended to. Oh, but... I've had a ball. Are you kidding me? I'm a pig and shit. <laughs> me too. Uh, so. For people who want to go check out and, you know, really help release their inner car bitch, like MotorheadMama.com is the website. The, uh, what's the Twitter they should go to? Yep. Twitter's MotorheadMama also, and so is Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got some videos on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um, if you want to read something funny, just read the comments on my, on my Tesla videos. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, but yeah, that's where they can find me. All right, and everyone, you need to go check it out. It is, if you've enjoyed even a little bit of this evening, you would be absolutely delighted by this. And it's great stuff. It's always put up. And, again, my favorite column is the dude or douchebag. I absolutely delight <laughs> over that. I, I am so glad you didn't go to New York just so you didn't judge my fashion sense. So that is. <laughs> um, you, sir, are a dude. Thank you so much, Ike. I really appreciate right, it. I really appreciate it. We're going to say goodbye to you off air. Everyone who's listening, I'll be right back. Hey there, Danny with Right Foot Down. I messed up this ad read so many times because I really want to tell you about Track Monkey Apparel. They make great quality, enthusiast shirts along with hats, stickers, watches, patches, you name it. A couple of my personal favorites are their Life is Better at the Track Tee and their One Track Mind Tee. You should really check them out and see for yourself. Their products are great for you or the gearhead in your life. Visit trackmonkeyapparel.com. My, my, was that an ad read? Why, yes, it was. Um, go visit Track Monkey Apparel. They help sponsor us and Right Foot Down. Um, you can visit the Right Foot Down section on their page and get yourself a tee that goes to support the Right Foot Down crew. And keep an eye out for the monthly designs. One month will be the new Right Foot Down logo when that comes out. Or not the Right Foot Down logo. Ike. It'll be the Untitled Car Show logo. That's what it is. So go check that out. Make sure you visit Motorhead Mama's site. Uh, you can follow her on Twitter and all the good places. Um, you can follow me on uh, Twitter at Untitled Car Show. Follow me on Facebook, on Instagram, all just at Untitled Car Show. You can follow West Coast correspondent Ryan West at Ryanator122. And I think that's all the plugs. Oh, visit the UntitledCarshow.com. That's the website. You go there to view everything. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of that. I think that's it. So thanks, everyone, so much for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please tell a friend. It's the best way for us to grow here as a little group. So, you know, you listening to me and me getting to talk into your ear holes every day. It's a weird or every week. It's a weird but wonderful journey we're on together. So thanks, everyone, so much for listening. Have a good night. Have a good evening. Wherever you are, thank you so much for listening. Please be safe out there. <laughs>